Hey, welcome to episode four of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm a little tired. You're tired? Yeah, a little jet lag. Uh, you've been traveling? Yeah, I was in... Uh I was in the UK. I was in. I spent a couple days in Oxford and a day in London. It was pretty nice. But nice. as I get older, man, I, I'm having a harder, hard time with this jet lag. I wasn't even there that long. Yeah, it sucks. Well, today is the first day of the great American eating season. <laughs> the day after Halloween. The How day, was Halloween? Halloween. Halloween kicks off nine weeks of the, crazy eating. The great American eating season. The, I mean, by the time you you sort of get under get out from under the pile of candy, it's Thanksgiving. Oh my god! <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's Christmas and New Dude, Year's. There was an obscene amount of candy oh. everywhere today. Crazy, crazy, absolutely crazy. And so the great American eating season. Just so I can finish this thought. Do it. Lasts from Halloween, and do you know when it ends? It's not New Year's. No, it ends what? Uh, Valentine's Day? Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, Super Bowl Sunday, right. Super Bowl oh Sunday is the, you know is the end of the Great American Eating Season. Football sucks. I, I, yeah, but it's, first of all, all these guys are going to screw up their brains. And then they're going to have brain damage. I watched a little bit of last night's game. And You're, you and probably three other people. It was people so in this boring. I, I honestly, I don't think I watched more than three minutes of it. It was just boring. I don't know. Baseball's been fantastic. Well, the postseason yeah, is always great. The postseason was just. I mean, the Cubs Indian series has just been fantastic, and I cannot. I, I just can't bring myself to watch football. It's just. It's just boring. Well, as you know, I have not really watched football in the right. last. Three seasons. And you know, so you know what annoyed me more than anything in the whole world. So I flew Wednesday night to London, and I was in steerage, man. I, I was in a, I was in an exit row. Alhamdulillah for that. But I was in a middle seat in an exit row. This plane, this entire plane, was made up of Washington Redskins fans, okay. and like the rest of the plane were. 10th grade British girls coming back from a, a trip to New York and Washington. That sounds, that sounds like a bad combination. Oh, God. It was it was horrific. And then, so I went straight up to Oxford, but then I came back to London on Saturday and, and I, I had lunch with a colleague from King's College and saw some friends and whatever. And we're walking around and there's people in like Cincinnati Bengals jerseys. The Redskins were playing the Bengals in, in London. And I was just like, oh, God. Just the combination of it all was just too much for me. I just couldn't deal with the whole thing. Was there any drunkenness on the plane, on the part of the fans? No, there wasn't because, you know, it was, an, it was one of those overnight flights. It wasn't too much of a party plane, to be completely honest with you. But um, what was... Well, also... Go ahead. The game, was, the game was a tie. Yeah, it was a tie, Not too. Right? To celebrate. Like, what could be worse than a tie in football, right? Can you imagine spending your hard-earned cash to fly <laughs> to London to watch the Redskins tie but, the Bengals? Bunch of suckers. I mean, my God, that's just You awful. know what? You get what you deserve. You totally sometimes. get what you deserve. So, you know, and I don't even know how much, like, they're talking about the, bringing the NFL to London. I don't know how much the Brits really actually care. First of all, huge numbers of fans from, from, from you know, the United States come over to watch the game. I don't know how right. many Londoners are actually showing up. 
Um, yeah, it didn't register with too many people that I talked to as yeah. there and whatever. No, they don't. They don't give a shit. No, they don't. You know, it's like uh, it's like right out. It was like it was like when I went to the inaugural. Uh, World Series game of the Israel Baseball <laughs> right. League. Ambassador Dan Kurtzer, commissioner of the Israel Baseball That's right. League. I went to that game, and when I told Israelis that I was going to the game, they're like, "There's a league? <laughs> Why are you doing In that? This country? Why are you wasting like, your time?" I do have to say though, that was the first and thus far only time that I was ever at a baseball game when somebody asked me if I was willing to join a minion to Dobbin with them. <laughs> no way. <laughs> at the Well, you know, like, you know, they have um, in Baltimore, because Baltimore has the largest, I mean, I, I think the fastest growing Orthodox Jewish community in the entire country. I think you could probably do that. And I think that, and they have all these, you know, there's like kosher food stands. So, there's a kosher stand at Yankee Stadium and at City and at City Field really? too. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Didn't know. You will not. You will not find me at the kosher hot dog stand at Yankee Stadium. No way, man. I know what you yeah. eat at Yankee Stadium. It's not a chance. Um, but what the what the Brits actually were into, at least the Londoners, because I was staying in a pretty hip neighborhood, because I'm so hip. Um, they were doing yeah. up Halloween. They were, really? yeah, yeah, it was totally, it was, to, I didn't realize like Halloween was a thing anywhere other than here, but, um, I think it's a British thing too, though. I mean, they sort of, I think the Anglo-Saxons sort of turned this into something different than let's say the, yeah. uh, more Catholic countries in Europe I, that, I guess that so. celebrated all saints day. Right. No, that's the thing that flips you out about, about being in, in Britain, you know, they got all the, you know, they got all the same shit we got here. It's just a little differences, you know? <laughs> Just the little differences. Like what? No, they drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> they say funny things. Instead of cookies, that's they a, say crisps. Instead of French fries, they say chips. True. No, you know what? The one thing I do have to give them credit What's for, that? though. They use the C word so oh, freely. Oh, God. It's terrible. You, they embrace it's, it. They embrace it's it. Terrible. It's terrible. And the other terrible thing is, how come the Brits can't figure out bathrooms? What do you like, mean? The, I, I stayed in this very nice room in at Pembroke College in Oxford. And it was this. It was in this new part of the college. This was a college that's four hundred years old. They just opened this quad with these new buildings, and the bathroom just sucked. Like the 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 shower stall was like the shower stall in my camp, in my sleepaway camp in the eighties, and it was just awful. And then and so like where you were touched inappropriately. No, I wasn't touched inappropriately. God, I, I can't believe we're laughing about that. Um, that shower stall? That, no, that no, was, not that it shower It was just, stall. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what, what, you know, it's this really nice room or whatever. And then in London, I sit in this really nice place, like I said, in this hip neighborhood, in this old, old building that had been redone with all the touches and stuff like that. And the bathroom, and it was a big, it was a nice bathroom and stuff, but the shower was basically the bathtub. Like you didn't, it wasn't like a stand-in shower. You had to like climb right. into this enormous bathtub, cast iron, cast bathroom. iron, exactly. Like the, and the and the shower head, you had to like hold it over your head. So like the yeah. idea is like you're taking a bath and you're holding the thing. Like who the hell does that? And of course, you know me. Like it's if so I, European. If I stood there, I figured I'd get the bathroom all wet, and then I was stressed out about getting out of this cast iron thing. Like I was going to slip and you know either break my arm or my nuts. It was, it was, you know, it was completely stressful. I've fallen and I can't get up. I'm falling and my nutsack gets bruised. I mean, it was just 
I, it was never has a shower. Never has the idea of showering before a flight stressed me out so much. That's not good. No. But you were really fortunate that you were not here this weekend. Yeah. Oh God. I know. We were. You told me. You're like we're physically yeah, ill. You, yeah. You missed the scandalous non-scandal that is going to derail Hillary Clinton's campaign for president. Emails. Based on fucking nothing. Emails. And she's gonna. I'm really. I'm now in full-on panic mode. <laughs> Dude, I, talk, I tried to talk you off the ledge before I left. That and was last then, week. And then I think I made it worse because yeah, I'm quietly panicking this, I myself. Panicking. I'm not quietly panicking. I'm actively <laughs> panicking in a very loud way. But I have to say yeah. that something good will come out of this panic because I'm going to Pennsylvania this weekend. Are you, are you going to do canvassing? I'm canvassing oh, nice. with Jordan. We're driving on Saturday. Where are you guys going? I'm not sure yet. They're going to give me the details. Plus, my wife, Michelle, started phone banking. Oh, nice. Nice. Today. That's great. Because we're like, no, no, no. There's, this, is a, this is real. Right. You know, I took... So Jordan, Jordan came home. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a mess. And again, Jordan's 16 years right. old. And he's like, look, let me show you. And he pulls down, um, he goes online, and he goes to, not 538, but a different site where you can where where you you manipulate the data on your own so you can figure out the, uh, you there? Figure out the call. The, uh, I just lost you. This, the, no, I'm oh. here. He went onto the site where you can figure out the electoral votes. Uh-huh. And he's like, look, it's all going to come down to Colorado and New Hampshire. So that's where we're going to focus our efforts. So Michelle... You know, as a result, I had to go right. out, and Michelle, in the interim, made a bunch of phone calls to women in Colorado. That's their, That was oh, what they were awesome. doing. It's women, women calling women in Colorado. Oh, that's nice. You know, I took the girls canvassing uh, two weekends ago, and we had gone yeah. a month before and, that. And it was pretty interesting. We, you know, um, the, one of the most interesting things was we, we came across a woman who said she just couldn't vote this year. And I said, hey, you know, oh, maybe we boy. should talk about it. You know, what are your concerns and so on and so forth? Here's what Secretary Clinton stands for, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, no, really, you're, you're not going to convince me. I'm just not going to vote. And uh-huh. so I, I thanked her and we started walking away. And then a bit later, Maddie was, you know, think about it. She said, you know, someone declaring that not going to vote is like declaring that they're invisible, like they're not citizens of the United States. Which I thought was pretty cool. And then Maddie, Maddie said, that? said that. She's all of That's 11. Awesome. And then Mia said, you yeah. know, I don't know how anybody can complain if they don't take the time to vote. Boom. Boom. I was like, all out right. Of the mouths of, My work is done here. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah, out of the mouths of babes. Right. But, no, I, Your wife did something right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. has absolutely nothing whatsoever yeah. to do with it. Seriously. You no, 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 no. But yeah. it's, it's actually, this is, you know... I, every Brit that I encountered over my four days there wanted to talk about Donald Trump and wanted to talk about Donald Trump. I actually was excited about going away, so I didn't really have to. Although, truth be told, in the last 15 months, anytime I've been abroad, people just wanted to talk about Donald Trump. But this really has been an extraordinarily scary oh my God. four or five days. I think you sent me or you posted on Facebook the video – of the guy oh, screaming Jew SA, Jew SA, Jew SA. And that like that was perfectly acceptable. And threatening right. the journalists who are penned in there. I mean, 
you know, we've seen stuff like this, but but it's and we've we've talked about this offline. You know, the we had no idea that the fringe, the people we thought were the fringe, the racist, right. the misogynist, the anti-Semites, that, that these people were actually not really a fringe. That there were. Forty yeah. percent of the American public supports this or supports Donald Trump in some way, shape, or form for some reason. How can you explain this? How can this be explained? I, I, it's not just economic insecurity. No, it's not. I, I read an article that it was about you know <laughs> civics is in, is no longer being taught in the in the classroom, so it makes people susceptible to the idea that all news is rigged and it's and it's driven by you know politics and that. You know, you can have your own, essentially your own facts, and, and this is all coming. There's no such thing as right. truth anymore. Exactly, exactly. So nothing is true except what I decide is right. true. Right, and that's, I mean, that's certainly been Donald Trump's strategy, and it's worked extraordinarily well. Um, uh, and that does not put us in a, in a, in a great place by any stretch of the imagination, you, because no. whatever the outcome is going to be— it's going to be bad either way. It's going to way. be bad either way. It's going to be bad either way. And I've said this to you offline. I've said this to you maybe even on this show. He is not running a political campaign. Right. He is running an insurrection. That's exactly right. And, and you know, for a while, people kept expecting, well, once he has the nomination, he'll, you know, moderate no. his message appeal to there the is center. No. There the, is Donald none. Trump but, yeah. is going to have his sister soldier moment with all the yeah. racists and so on and so forth. There is no sister soldier no. moment for no. Donald Trump. Because this is who he is right. and he's not anything different and he doesn't pretend to be anything different other than a fucking racist, liar, misogynist, tax evader, business fraud, charlatan. That's, I mean... And where the fuck I mean, pardon me, is his allegedly taking his Judaism seriously son-in-law oh and daughter who embraced yeah, Judaism. Daughter. These are terrible right. people. I'm tired of hearing about, oh, how great and accomplished and wonderful Ivanka is. If she was so wonderful and terrific, she wouldn't have married that scumbag Jared Kushner who comes from a really shady family. <laughs> and she herself coming from a really shady family. That's right. The word on the street now is that Jared Kushner, at least when they were pretty confident that Trump was definitely going to lose, he's he's making the rounds in New York City how they can monetize this campaign. I mean, this is he's just disgusting. Stuff. Right. Exactly. He's, exactly. Here's the thing, though. And I've said this and I'm going to keep saying it. I can't for the life of me figure out how any Jewish person can vote for Donald Trump. Uh, and that includes, I'm Jews. sorry to say, people in my family. <laughs> oh, my God. How can Jewish people call themselves Jewish or believe in the same values that we as a people are supposed to embrace and vote for Donald it's, Trump? And I'm going to take that one step Do further. it. Go. I know what you want to say. How, I think because he told me before. Are, but go. If you vote for Donald Trump, you're not Jewish. True. You're not Jewish. You can observe all of the commandments. Right. Wear but the you're not Jewish anymore. Pull on the seat. Yeah, Get up and dive. Exactly. You're not Jewish. No way. I'm sorry. You're just going through the motions. You're, you're following the rules. You have not embraced the values of Judaism. Exactly. That's why, actually, I don't feel bad about the fact that, you know, I'm a bacon-eating sort of fasting, Shabbos-ignoring exactly. dude because I've actually embraced the values of Judaism, exactly. not necessarily the rules. So what if I don't wear a kippah? At least I understand that kind of 
ideas of justice and universal values, even though we are the chosen people, that, that animates and runs through Judaism. Not the procedures of Judaism. I'm a good Jew because I do X, Y, and Z. And so it's exactly. okay for me to support racist, misogynist, anti-Semitic, anti-Islamophobic dick fuck named uh, Donald Trump and all of his crazy advisors. It's just and, absurd. And this is mind-boggling. And then when there are people who will say to justify their support for him, well, he'll be better for Israel. First of all... I don't know what that means. He'll be better for Israel because your definition or somebody else's definition of what's quote unquote good for Israel is not necessarily my definition of that. But second of all, based on what? What are you saying that based on? Exactly. You know, because because Jared Kushner's (laughs) Jewish and wrote his stupid APAC speech. Hillary Clinton threw as much red meat to the pro-Israel community at her APAC speech as uh, as Trump did. Plus, she has much more experience in dealing with these issues. People don't like the fact that she pursued peace in the Middle East as if that, that's something bad. Right. That she took a picture with Yasser Arafat next to her husband, who was then president, <laughs> who was brokering a peace deal between the Israelis and the Palestinians. I, I mean, it's because people who support Trump and say that Trump will be better for Israel somehow believe that He'll take some sort of maximalist position that won't uh, that won't put the Israelis in a position where they even have to contemplate compromise over this. Whereas she has a record, especially as the Secretary of State, of trying to push a two-state solution as if that's a terrible thing. I happen to believe right. that it's beyond reach at this point, but nevertheless, that somehow this was this was anti anti Israel. It's just crazy. What what do you think? Well, let, what do you think the real underlying reason is? Yeah. For those. You see, that's where that's what I was about to ask you, right? Uh, okay. So where I'll are say. we going? Where where are we going with this? It's pretty obvious, right. right? Why do Jewish people think that Donald Trump is going to be better for Israel? Could it be? Could it be? I could it be? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> that what was what did he first start running on in the primaries? What were his what was what was his first time? Well, it wasn't really they're not responding to Mexicans, but if you then take the Mexicans are rapists and so on and so forth too. We don't know what's going on here. We got to keep the Muslims yeah. out until we figure out what's going on here, even American citizens. Right. That's what it's about. That's exactly That's right. what it's about. It's about a crazy uh, Islamophobia. It's about Pamela yeah. Geller crazy yeah. insane exactly. Islamophobia. It's when I give talks to Jewish groups in a variety of places, and every single time without fail, I get the question, isn't Huma Abedin and her family, aren't they members of the Muslim Brotherhood, and aren't they oh trying to infiltrate the U.S. government? That every time I give a talk somewhere around this country to a predominantly Jewish group, that question comes up. And what do you tell them? What do you say to I them? I say to them, uh, this is insane conspiracies and don't ever anybody ever tell me that oh there's something wrong with the Middle East because of conspiracy theories because I've heard every single crazy (laughs) one of them during this campaign and before by the way but um, I say to them these are conspiracies that are whipped up by people who just don't like Muslims yeah and there's no truth to it whatsoever you know you have worked in in this field for a long time Um, I you know, have a degree in international affairs. Oh, by the way, uh, but I, I did learn something new. That Benghazi yeah. was really about Secretary Clinton wanting to sell weapons to ISIS. 
there you go. Okay, go there ahead. I interrupted you. So, so, so I studied the Middle East in grad school. I worked, you know, for a time at the Mission of Israel to the UN. And every time I encounter somebody, and plus I've lived in the region right. for a, a couple Jerusalem. of years. Jerusalem. I lived in Jerusalem. We lived in Jerusalem the same time. We didn't know each other. That, that's yeah. right. How's that possible? Um, so well, it's a big I city. Don't know. I, a lot of Jews. It's, very it's, Jewy. Uh, there were a lot of very Jewish. Very Jewish. Very Jewish. Jewish, very Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, Some Muslims very too. Jewish there. A few Christians. Yeah, one or yeah. two. One or yeah. two. Um, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard from people who, when I talk about my political beliefs, they say, you're so naive. You're so naive. <laughs> right. right. You just don't know Muslims the way we do. <laughs> right. Really? How many Muslims have you actually spoken to, sir or ma'am? Um, I'm guessing it's not a lot. And I'm not counting the guy who you bargained with when you're in the shook <laughs> in the old city. city. That doesn't count. Right. That's the amazing thing. It's, you know, and, and you hear that a lot from the Israelis who say, eh, let yeah. me tell you, you don't know yeah. the neighborhood. Well, they don't know the neighborhood either. They haven't been there. They don't that know. That is true. And, and so it's the same and, kind of thing. Like, well, I was in the old city and I talked to a Muslim shopkeeper and I believe everything or, or, or just – I'm swallowing, you know, whatever it is that these Israelis... Or I watch Fox News, and this is what I believe. You know, whether or not I've been on a, you know, UJA mission or... Birthright. Never been... Or birthright or never been there at all. I know more than you. And that's got to drive you, Stephen, nuts. It drives me... That's got to be very frustrating. For somebody who has spent his entire professional life analyzing this particular region to be told by somebody who is informed by Fox News and by the Jerusalem Post online that they know more about about Islam, they know more about the Middle East, they know more about the Arab-Israeli conflict. I have heard that over and over again, whether and people are willing to get up and and say it straight up. They're they're not even they're not even, you know, diplomatic about basically saying you don't know what you're talking about. I know better. You're just a typical liberal academic and so on and so forth. Islam is a cancer that needs to be cut out. I mean, craziness um, that is people will not countenance any kind of nuance when it comes to to this part of the world. I remember just giving a talk one time and, you know, I don't really work on Iran, but somebody asked me what my view was of Iran's uh, nuclear program. And I said, look. You know, Iran's nuclear program is is quite obviously problematic, um, and you know the Israelis see it as an existential threat. But I, my my sense is that the Iranians, you know, aren't developing nuclear technology to use it. Um, we we know over and over again that once countries develop this stuff, it makes it much harder for them to use. But that the real dramatic result is that it will shift the balance of power in the region. It'll make them actually for a more even balance of power. And I'm not saying I saying I'm not saying that that makes it better. But people couldn't couldn't deal with this because they knew better than I was that actually the Iranians are all martyrs at the, right. the at, at, at from the, at their very soul that you know at a the, at a, the at, a, at, at, at their, their essence is of of Shia martyrs and that they would yeah. use that even knowing that they would be uh, annihilated in response and right. the, the whole idea that there couldn't be uh, some other explanation was 
people weren't willing to actually accept that idea. It was no, because nuance and this region don't mix, and nuance and the Arab-Israeli conflict don't mix. And 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 it's and we're getting. Be, and if you look at just the way in which the political discourse and narrative in this country has gone, it's the same kind of thing that no matter whether it's an academic study or some kind of reasoned worldview, as long as it makes you uncomfortable, it can't possibly be valid. And that's that's exactly what's happened in the Republican Party over the yeah. course of the last 15 or 20 years. They've had their own set of facts exactly. that are driven by a specific political agenda, having nothing whatsoever to do with what's good for the country. Uh, and, and that's where we real. are right now, or what's real. So, yeah. you know, I hear all these people, colleagues of mine who are Republicans, who, you know, they come out forcefully in opposition to Donald Trump. Well, you know what? It's easy to come out against Donald Trump. He's a racist. Yeah. He's a misogynist. He's an anti-Semite. He's an Islamophobe. But what have these people been doing, these, these self-righteous denouncers of Trumpism? What were they doing for the previous eight years when the Republican Party was abusing the president of the United States exactly. and delegitimizing him? Donald Trump is the logical conclusion of something just, that's been going on at least for eight years, but arguably since Nixon's southern strategy. The, the, the appropriation on the part of the Republican Party of the Southern Dixiecrats, the racist Democrats. That's right. Uh, and and I, it's just amazing to me. And that's what's scary about this situation is that the Republican establishment essentially believed that they could ride this tiger as long as it would, ta- as it would take them to pile up victory after victory after victory. This tiger has now yeah. bitten them on the ass. Guess what? I hate to make these comparisons because people always say you can't compare anything to Nazi Germany. But this is what the conservative politicians in Germany thought. We can control this. Right. We can control Hitler. Guess what? You can't control Hitler and you can't control Donald Trump. He's bigger than you are now. Right. And and you, he and he's going to win. Yeah. He's not maybe not going to win this election, but he beat them. He he, he beat, he beat them. them. He and he is now setting the discourse in this country. That's exactly right. And. Whether she wins or loses, we are in for a hell of a time ahead of us. It's not going to be easy. Uh, no, Steven, Trumpism is with us, and and this is and it's not going away. And people away. have had twenty five years to build up an irrational hatred towards <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I mean, this is going to be a ter- right. you thought the Obamias were bad. If she wins, let's this hope we even t- get there. If she right. wins, I mean, at this point, it's not even right. Listen, I think this might be the last episode that we do before the election, unless we decide to do one right. more on Monday. But you know, I'm wondering if we should do I'm, one as the polls are coming in. I, no, I'm going to be too sick. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah, like this, tossing you off the ledge. You're like, we can't yeah, do the other corner. This. This episode has been probably the least funny. No, it's true because this is not – And there's nothing funny. Not, I mean there's nothing funny going on right now. It's, it, we're, it's dark. Yeah. It's just dark. And I hope that I'm being overly pessimistic and I hope that I'm wrong. But I fear that bad shit is going to go down in the next week. The, the big issue is going to be what, what do we do? What do we do when – if – if he actually wins. I mean, there has yeah. to be a mobilization of people. We can't allow to happen what's happened in other places because as we, we had a conversation about this earlier, he's yeah. going to 
do nothing one day and then right. the next it's it's going to be it's slow. Not, exactly it's slow and i told you what a friend of mine who was from france said and he said what are you going to do if he wins he's like don't tell me you're going to move because you can't move you have to fight right if he wins you have to stay and you have to fight right. because if he wins and you move then you've given up any chance you have of changing things. I agree. Things. I agree. All of this discussion, kidding around right. about where we're going to move. You can't. You can't because it's going to happen slowly. People are going to be willing to accommodate themselves. And people need yep. to stand up at every single moment. Even exactly. if he loses, Trumpism is with us to stay. That means that the mainstreaming of racism, of misogyny, of anti-Semitism, yep. of Islamophobia is with us. and that And people need to stand up. She may very well win and we will be quite relieved. But as I said, we are going to be living with this. They will try to delegitimize her. This kind of discourse, the, the emergence of Breitbart News as mainstream yeah, is exactly. extraordinarily, extraordinarily all, frightening. Yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing, not there's nothing funny uh, uh, about this episode. I, you know, I'll have to talk to you about how I was shooting rubber bands at, at Lauren's butt last night during another episode because, you know, those things, they're amusing, but the stakes are so yeah, high right now that I just, I, it, you know, I can laugh a little bit, but I can't get silly yeah. now. Yeah. It's really on. It's on, and let's hope for the best and prepare for whatever is going to come. And we're going to fight. We're going to keep fighting. Exactly. Well, that wasn't very uplifting, but sometimes the unmen yeah. corner has to take a darker, more serious turn. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right, I, I think we're done for this evening. You yeah. have a good one, okay? Yeah, you All too. Right. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye.